following podcast may contain strong language not suitable for all artisanal coffee shop owners. I just think of dudes with mustaches on velocipedes, so. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, welcome back to the Better Left Podcast. My name is Sarah Smith, and I'm one of your many hosts today. We are here with Troy. Howdy. Corn. Hey. Bill is hanging off to the side. We got Jay producing, and we have a special guest, Adam, who is sitting in for a pretty cool discussion and big news breakdown and whole general experience being here. Hi. Shalom. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to kind of jump right into it. I'm actually I'm going to start with some. I'm start with a real quick piece. So if you haven't caught it, we did have an interview with Ari Hoffman from he's running for city council district two in the city of Seattle. We are going to be getting a couple of other folks who are also in that same race to come and talk to us about the same stuff. So be on the lookout for those podcasts. But they are coming up. So we are doing a series with as many district two candidates as we can get. We have talked to actually even outside of District 2, we just want to have the conversation with candidates who are running right now for city council, for Seattle City Council, and they are excited to be on the podcast. So it's going to be great. Yes. But for now, we're going to get started with everybody's favorite swear induced segment uh, called What the Shit? What the? What the shit? And if uh, you are just tuning in for the, (laughs) (laughs) and if you're just tuning in for the first time, what the shit is the part of the show where we go through a bunch of weird stuff that happened in the news that made us go, what? What is that? What is happening? Uh, And I think we're going to start, I think, you know, normally it's me who leads it on to something weird. And do we want to start with me or move to you or? We can start anywhere. We're in the same thread. Yeah. So uh It's, it's all very influencer related. So why don't you kick it off? Awesome. I am happy to. So. I recently came across an article where um, there was a German influencer couple and they are on Instagram and they are on uh, Another Beautiful Day is their Instagram handle. And it came out that they were doing a a GoFundMe to try and fund one of their lavish looking vacations um, to, to take a tandem bike to Africa from Germany. That's all they said to Africa from Germany. Uh, for unclear reasons, possibly having to do with raising of, raising awareness of mental illness or global warming. It's not clear. That is some hipster nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> and it came out during the course of this uh, of this GoFundMe campaign that it turns out the husband, his mom, works two jobs. So she pays for everything that they do and all these trips, even though she doesn't have a lot of money to do that. And they don't work at all. They're in their uh, they're in their early to mid 30s, I think. And they said that um, the reason that they don't work is because they have such an effect on so many people out in the world that a regular job just wouldn't suit what they're really out there to try and accomplish in the world. So they can't have a regular job. And, you know, this is an area where we all talk about like the right wing tells us work hard, put yourself up by your bootstraps. But this is one of those circumstances where like I feel like all sides of the aisle can come together and be like, are you really making your mother who is close to retirement age work two jobs so you don't have to and you can go to Bali? Like, are you serious right now? And he says that his mom is happy to help. But that's not the point. It's your parent. Your parents are always happy to help. But you're in your mid 30s and you don't professionally vacation. That's not a thing. So grow up and get a job and fund your own vacations. And they're saying, oh, we're we're making such a positive impact on people's lives and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's something that's happening with influencers lately is an, an inflated sense of self. And it's like just because you're getting likes or retweets or a comment doesn't mean that you're making an impact. I would actually like I'm thinking about a different uh, angle on this entirely. Like 
specify where in Africa you're going. Like, <laughs> yes. come, like come on, Germany. Germany is a country. Africa is a continent, un- unless you're yeah. from the south, in which case you you never know. <laughs> but in most places, uh, Africa is considered a continent. And as such, there are 30-something countries on that continent that they could go uh, ride their tandem bicycle on. I I love, too, uh, the vagueness to where they're going. They're just going to Africa, but they're going to also just write a long text, like you said, Sarah, about mental health or global warming. Or We could also tell you about following your dreams. And then the last piece was, and uh, or the fact that most news doesn't match reality. And they are the perfect example of presentation not matching the reality of the circumstance. They are totally misrepresenting the the notion. And I have I'm suspect of their impact on my or other people's, you know, uh, day when they're just going to quote Africa to quote write a, some words writing. a. am just going to like also put this out there. I want everyone to think really hard about globes and maps. And they are uh, uh, writing from Germany. <laughs> To a nebulous portion of an entire continent called Africa. <laughs> Just rad. keep that in the back of your head. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the person I want to see is the mom. I want her on Instagram. I want to know what she's doing on the daily. Like, what's her grind look like? Because more power to her. Um, and I'm so sorry for your children. I- <laughs> Can 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 they uh, get the Tour de France to just like do the trip with them? <laughs> just oh, see some professional cyclists do the trip to Africa. Maybe maybe you know these people will go along the Mediterranean, like go go around the Levant. But the but you know you get I don't know who's competing at this point, but you know whoever's wearing the yellow the yellow shirt, just have them just bike straight across the. Us across the sea, and then we can figure out where in Africa they're actually going. And it's a also, mystery. yeah, it is a mystery. And also, it's a tandem bike. I want, <laughs> like, I want to go to Africa with a stick, just so I can put it right in the spokes. <laughs> oh. Just follow him around, like, no, just what is it, Big Daddy, where he just throws it into the rollerblades, like <laughs> denied. But this is, you know, uh, this is part of influencer culture. Like, I, you know, Corn's right, where we see this inflated sense of self. Like, you going on a vacation where you take nice pictures is not, it is not making life change for anybody. And it is not like you're not solving any crises by tr- taking a day trip to Bali, man. Like, what, what do you, who do you think you are? What do you think your effect on the world is? Well, at, at least uh, it does give them a platform to to speak out, and I hope that they can be very open with what they say because hashtag no filter. <laughs> hashtag no filter. Hashtag Thank you. Filter. Yes. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag, hashtag blessed. blessed. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I don't think you can consider yourself an influencer if you're having to have your mom bankroll you, um, but there's actual influencers who are making millions of dollars. Um, the The example I wanted to talk about today was Jaclyn Hill. Yeah. So I know that Sarah is familiar, but do y'all know anything about Jacqueline? I've heard a little bit, but I'm I'm very uh, very interested in the breakdown. Right. Okay. Well, here you go. Um, so Jacqueline Hill, she is a makeup influencer. She's been big for a long time on YouTube, Instagram, all that. Um, has six million subscribers on YouTube. Um, and so yeah, she recently came out with a makeup line. She's been talking about it for several years. It's been really hyped up. And so of course, like it sold out instantly. Um, lots of people really excited about it because she is an influential person online. Um, and so people started receiving their makeup kits and 
online, more and more people were posting really disturbing pictures. Um, so a lipstick that had small black holes, that had tiny hairs coming out of it, not even like on top of the lipstick, but like embedded into it this is new stuff like right delivered they just opened it up and it had this yes stuff? yes so she claims so she claims and so i'll get into that a little oh. bit later um but um so yeah and then also unidentifiable pieces of debris debris is like not a thing i want <laughs> no. in a product i'm going to put in or around my face i want to work the word debris into sort of a drag show <laughs> like yeah I gotta think about it okay. or detritus is like yes. the only worst lipstick word. debris will be my drag name Ooh. <laughs> oh god yeah so a lot of people started posting these pictures it, you know at first it was just a couple and then it was more and more and more as people started getting their packages um, and so Jaclyn Hill was silent on this for a while um, a another makeup influencer her name is Raw Beauty Christie Raw, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Raw Beauty Christie, yeah. the makeup influencer. Mm -hmm. So what's is what's raw? Uh, I don't know. What, it's it, it's not soft. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering if Raw Beauty means classically you're not wearing makeup. No, I think she's just like you know real and uncut, oh, and just like oh. giving us you the get facts. That real, you yeah. know the fa and like apparently we need that. Um, so, so she, um, made a review video and she actually pulled out like her microscope that has a, a camera on it so that we could get real deep in there. And props to, to Raw Beauty Christie for having a micro, a microscope yeah. with a camera on it, like ready to go science, my good bitch. Yes. yes. Go RBC. Yeah. RBK. R RBK. Oh. Thank you very much. So Wait, isn't, sorry. isn't RBK, isn't RBK is a type thing? Of, I think it's a type of reactor that exploded in Chernobyl. I, I think it's a sandwich <laughs> that you can order at Arby's. Oh yeah. The, or or the maybe it's, a, it's the hybrid with, uh, with Arby's and Burger King. Oh. It's, it's not just my BK, it's RBK. She Ooh, as, I love it. As an influencer, <laughs> she needs... <laughs> as an influencer she needs to hop on that oh, like get, on get that, that right corporate now. sponsorship but mm. anyway so um <laughs> she pulled out the microscope was getting in there and like it's so disgusting i will pull pictures for you guys um but here let me just pull one really quick because it is very important it's super the gross situation. like it looks like it's the the lipstick is growing a beard and she said that oh the the fibers are from cotton gloves that we were using oh. for product testing oh, no good lord it's so you, gross it's but so bad with product testing and everything you don't want to be using cotton gloves anyway you use like latex you use nitrile gloves that's the stuff that's actually clean and, and so sterile. that's the thing she tried to say that but everyone who's actually yeah it's really gross we're looking at another picture with hair growing it's, out of the lipstick and we'll post all tip. of these it is going through puberty <laughs> right now but it's just the tip yeah. just the tip and you don't want hair on just the tip like no. that's not Speak a good for look yourself. for yeah. a lot of reasons mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and you don't want to go near your mouth either which is that's this whole thing it's for your mouth region and knowing that there's weird debris and and weird black dots and hairs um it's just not good and so all the only information that we're getting is either from these other beauty influencers influencers who are saying like this is gross this is not okay what's going on and then we're also getting some statements from Jacqueline saying things like that it's cotton gloves when people in the industry are saying that's not what people use that's not correct um they're saying oh the black dots are from heat damage it's oxygen bubbles but again that's all information coming from the company um there's been no recalls there's been no you know 
send this back. Um, if, if people email her and say that they would like a refund, they're getting a refund, but there has been no statement from the company or from the FDA or anything to say that you need to recall these products. Is there any danger to health? Because there's a lot of gross things in the world. I think if you, those folks were to take a microscope to their fingers at, say, one o'clock in the afternoon, they would find something pretty gross. And so that's the thing. Um, Raw, Raw Beauty Christie, she also microscoped some other lipsticks that are, you know, three-year-old lipsticks, brand new lipsticks, all the different ones to be like, let's see if this is something that happens. And it's not. It's not oh. a normal occurrence. Wow. RBK. Yeah. No, she's really getting in there. She's got her controls. Like, you know, she she's doing the science thing. Scientific um, method. But what, the, what? but the thing is, is Love that it. these companies... They're not required to do any sort of testing. They're not required to to pull products. Um, and so the only thing that we can count on is these influencers who are saying, don't buy this product. It looks like it could be mold. It looks like there's hairs inside of the product. And then we're getting the word from the company that's saying, no, they're fine. It's totally safe. But if you'd like to send them back, we'll give you a refund. Or And they're also saying, we'll send you a new lipstick. Do no. I do I want a new lipstick because no. I don't? That's, that is so gross. Like I don't even have anything else to add. It's just <laughs> disgusting. I don't use makeup, but I don't want any of that anywhere near my face. No. No. And so that's the thing. So in the past eighty years, there have been zero new regulations on the beauty industry. Um, so the only um, there's only nine ingredients in cosmetics that are banned by the FDA. Um, the FDA doesn't have the power to recall products, and they also don't require companies to test their products. Wow. There's literally, like, it's the wild, wild west for beauty products, and you bring up a good point. Like, you don't wear makeup, and so it doesn't really affect you. Well, you Have you ever kissed a person yeah, with makeup right. on? That's true. I mean, yeah. I have used makeup in the past. Like I've but done it's not something that you use on a daily basis. And I think that's something to, to bring up is that um, so Congress, they set standards for drugs, for food, for microwave ovens, for toys, for medical devices, electric blankets, um, cough suppressants, laser pointers, pesticides, laser tobacco. Pointers. Um, why aren't we regulating beauty products? And why has that not been a priority of a more often than not white male Congress? Patriarchy, yo. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so Way, it, it totally. doesn't affect them. And between that and the money from the beauty industry, they aren't going to act on this. And so um, that's that's the question to bring up is, are we going to do anything about this? Because it's so simple. Uh, for example, in the EU, there's like a thousand ingredients that are banned that aren't banned here in the US. We could just copy paste their yeah, list. Yeah, copy and, and paste. Boop. That's all we got to do. And then we'd be in line with the re like the rest of the beauty world. Is it something that you think could be done on a state by state basis? I know before we started uh, before we started recording today, we were talking about like localist politics and how things are going more towards local city statewide. Um, is it something that could be regulated on our level as Washingtonians as wherever? So it could, but here's an interesting factoid is, so there is a new effort federally um, to pass a law called the Personal Care Product Safety Act, which would require companies um, to make their full ingredient list public and it would um, make the FDA do some additional testing that they don't do now. Um, but that, uh, the, that proposed law, it would basically make it so that states could not pass stricter laws. 
Wow. So yeah. that law would make it it does not a, that is a direct violation of our of our entire democratic setup where states do have the right to govern a lot of this stuff. And it still doesn't require pre-market testing and that's one of the hugest things is these products need to be tested before they're going out into the market. So it's kind of tough because normally I would say call your congress member and tell them to support the Personal Care Product Safety Act, but it doesn't go far enough. Um, it's supported by companies like Estee Lauder. And I think the reason is, is because they want to have that incremental change to say, look, we did. We're, we're regulating now. We're doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I also want to say, don't mess with the influencers. They are influential. <laughs> that is why they're called influencers. I'm, I'm looking at uh, RBK. I'm, I'm not sure if she wants to be called that, but I'm going to call her that anyway. Uh, th this is really an interestingly complex you think of an influencer you think of a makeup influencer and you kind of immediately go to the vapid you know uh but you know uh raw beauty christy christy mm -hmm. is she's got something and these people have millions of followers they have people that are you know, hundreds of thousands tens of thousands even that is going to be to the detriment of anybody who doesn't support like make makeup not poisonous or disgusting or yeah. moldy that seems common sense and another example who she's not like i guess you would say what you would think of as your like normal influencer but she is someone who influences and specifically influences children is jojo siwa um as a teacher are you familiar uh actually i'm not you're not okay not. that's surprising that cool. yeah okay well <laughs> so jojo is a nickelodeon star like she's got She's she's the new like she's on the lunchboxes. She has the dolls. She has the makeup. She has like everything. And all the young girls are very into it. Right. Um, so she had a makeup line with Claire's. And um, I am I just want to say not blaming Jojo. She's a kid like they're plastering her name onto all these products. So this is a call out to Claire's not to Jojo. But um, Claire's actually got called out recently because some of their makeup palettes, including the Jojo Siwa one, um, tested positive for asbestos. Which, oh, which oh, if you geez. don't know, it causes tons of health problems. It causes cancer. It causes lung issues and cause heart failure. Asbestos can kill you. That's why when you get your, if you ever buy an old house or rent an old house, you have to have those checks done to see if there's any asbestos in the ceiling. They used to use it as an um, insulator right, for, for houses so it wouldn't get cold. And then we've upgraded since to like diff totally different organic products. And so that's the thing. It, things like that are regulated in other areas but when it comes to the beauty industry what happened with um this whole story is the fda um suggested to claire's to pull the products off the shelves and at first they didn't comply and this is products for children Ugh. like i just it it leaves us all speechless because that doesn't make any sense and so eventually because of the public outcry they did pull the products but again like this isn't something that the FDA has control over. They can only suggest to a store or to a company that they pull products. And that still doesn't require them to do any sort of like outreach to say, hey, return your products, like nothing like that. And it's just th this power of the influencers and of these products, we really need to be thinking about, you know, what are we putting in there? Who are we selling to? Like more often than not, it is to children. And this is kind of one of those areas where people say the government is useless. They can't do anything. They don't do anything. Well, that's because we've had administrations like the Bush administration and the Reagan administration that stripped away their ability to do anything. That's part of the problem. The reason why the FDA can't do anything, the reason why um, 
the ATF can't do anything or because they've slowly been stripped of their ability and authority to actually take any kind of action. And then the, the people are told to turn around and blame them, despite the fact that it's these it's these politicians that have spent these decades stripping away those abilities and those authorities. But the FDA, if we allowed them to actually do their job and actually control and regulate substances that matter and need to be controlled and regulated, we wouldn't have these things. We'd see these products pulled immediately off the shelves. We'd never these lipsticks never would have been released to touch people's mouths. This is if we actually gave them the teeth that they were initially established to have, they'd be able to do something and fight for us. But because we took them away, they can't do anything. And then does doesn't this apply to other things as well? I mean, we're talking private label anything. The companies behind the manufacturing of this aren't all just small mom pod. Like they're not making it in their kitchen. No. They're they're paying a private label company to produce these things. Uh, have they done any tests on any other stuff that we know of? Like uh, have you know fans of makeup looked at all their stuff and? So there's some people who were saying they were going to release. Um, like lab results from the Jaclyn Hill uh, line. And I guess that they got, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They got like letters saying that you cease cannot do Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, to get a cease and desist is a big deal. And so that's that <laughs> they can do that. But I don't know what they can and can't do, but it's just, again, it's just like the government should be doing this testing and it shouldn't be up to us and the influencers and us to figure it out. I'm going to tell everybody a secret in the legal world. It's a secret. So you can't tell anyone, all right? Everyone in this room and everyone who's listening to this podcast, a (laughs) cease and desist is much like the yellow light when you're driving through an intersection. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) It means nothing. Like the saying in the auto insurance world is uh, yellow light isn't an indicator of anything. All it means is red is coming. It doesn't mean you have an obligation to slow down. But cease and desist doesn't mean anything. It means that they just want you to stop. You have no legal obligation to actually stop. It's funny too. uh, So I come from the world of video games. We work really closely with influencers and we do NDAs and those sorts of things. Um, the NDA is a weird document that oftentimes is just a boilerplate that someone has pulled off the internet somewhere and they haven't really dug into it and could actually have the language from the company they stole it from. I've seen that in, like, we're talking big name studios. Um, All the legal stuff is about risk. How much can you afford to risk? And that's what it boils down to. You can fight anything in court. Right, but I think what they're counting on is, again, these are these, you know, I don't mean low level in a disrespectful way, but low level influencers, you know, they're big, but they don't have a bunch of cash. They don't have they don't have the money to to go to court and fight Jaclyn Hill, who is one of the biggest influencers on YouTube in terms of makeup um, or to fight the the Claire's or the Jojo Siwa's, you know, that that's just not possible. And so I think the way we need to remember to frame this is this is a women's rights issue. We deserve the right to safe products. We deserve to know what's in our products. We have the right to to know if a product is tainted and that we should get that refund. Like that doesn't exist right now. Um, and just something to think about too is, you know, as a woman, I put on dozens of products a day, probably starting from my shampoo to my foundation to my mascara, to, you know, like everything. And for a man, like, yes, you might use deodorant, you might use shampoo, you might use this or that. But like it's affecting women so much more. And that's why this isn't being dealt with. Yeah, I exactly. agree 100 percent. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think can I actually it. can I actually make a counterpoint? Yeah. All right. Please. Uh, Never. Pseudo, pseudo counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was it was a line from a Macklemore song that he said that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing women they looked better in makeup. 
uh, is this an opportunity for us to start saying like, as we're talking about body positivity and accepting people in all shapes and all forms, uh, is this an opportunity alternatively to say, hey, maybe we don't need to use as much makeup. Look at the disgusting stuff that's in these products. I think a lot of women have taken that stance and it, it, I think we're getting better as a society to say like, you don't have to wear makeup, but also like, I, for me, for my body positivity and for me to feel good about myself, I do want a full face of makeup. And so I want to be able to have products that aren't going to have hormone disruptors or have known carcinogens in them. Um, and I don't think that saying to women, look, it's a bad product, don't use it. That's not a realistic expectation of women because me, as someone who's a redhead, has acne, like has light um, eyelashes, like I couldn't walk into a job interview without makeup. I can't. And so to say that because the products are sh have shitty ingredients, that's a reason to not wear it. That doesn't solve the problem. But I get what you're saying. And women shouldn't feel like they have to wear makeup. I certainly don't. <laughs> I, I don't really wear makeup very often. I just, I mean, I have the benefit of I have dark eyelashes. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm honestly the palest person, I think, in this room by like a long I think I'm paler than you corn you yeah, yeah it's crazy I'm very pale and I'm just like deal with it I'm gonna glow in the dark turn off all the lights in your interview room <laughs> here I am you can still see me and that's but that's the thing like as women and I mean the, we talked about this with men and body positivity it's like whether you wanna wear a dress or pants you wanna wear makeup or not wear makeup like we need to allow women to make that choice for themselves and not feel like society is making them feel like they should or shouldn't or you know because it's always well Either you don't wear enough makeup or you wear too much makeup. There's I've gotten hit with both. Too. Exactly. During yeah. the campaign trail, if my hair was up, it was I looked too mannish or severe. If my hair was down, I looked like I wasn't taking it seriously. If I wore makeup, it looked bad. If I wore if I wore no makeup, I wasn't caring enough. Just one of the things that I hated about that. And they do it to they meaning everybody, because it would be conflicting uh, points on how Sarah should wear her hair in a day from women from men, I'm just like, thank you so much for that feedback. We're, we're gonna file that away and I'm gonna share it with Sarah immediately and never did. <laughs> nope, never did. But this brings us to a, a good segment where we are gonna move into our I missed a memo here. It just, <laughs> it just gets weirder every time. We keep saying we're going to record something to like play, and I just don't think that's ever going to happen because this is just so fun, and every episode is <laughs> different, and like it never gets better or consistent or no, on key. Yeah. Ever. Certainly not better. <laughs> gets progressively worse every episode. Um, so we're going to start off though. There's a bunch of stuff happened that we're going to start talking about in uh, just a sec. I think it's really important that we hit these topics now while they're still fresh. All right. So we know that there's a lot of pride marches coming up. There's a lot of um, a lot of trans pride marches, a lot of uh, gay pride marches, a lot of LGBTQ pride marches uh, that are coming up. And then there's this huge counter movement that's going on with the, the Proud Boys now that are they're determined to launch their straight pride counter protests. And uh, there's this is in light of a 400 percent increase in hate crimes that we're seeing across the board in multiple different demographics for people of color, people of different religions, people of different sexualities. And now these these same I'm sorry, these same bags of floppy dicks are showing up at various pride parades and yep. saying, I'm proud of being straight. No one's telling you not to be proud of wherever the fuck you want to be. But you also didn't have to face years of oppression in order to have that pride. I mean, they're pretty literally a bunch of floppy dicks because it's usually white men who are doing these marches. 
Yeah, I have yet to see a single person of color who shows up with these guys to these straight brand And And considering that it's a bunch of men who claim to be straight and subsequently not attracted to other men, they're probably all, in fact, floppy dicks. They probably are, yeah. I, I do, just looking at some of their pictures, I'm, I'm finding it hard to believe that when they're alone that they're not uh, very close. And I, like, here's... Brokeback we Mountain close. We've talked about like <laughs> about body positivity and toxic masculinity, and I really truly believe that a lot of this stuff with the straight pride garbage, it stems from that toxic masculinity. Like, why do you care so much about who someone else is is sleeping with, or married to, or dating, or attracted to? Why do you care so much? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had conversations with some folks from the LGBTQ plus community about these kind of conflicts with the marches and things, and uh, there's a legitimate, palpable type of fear. I consider myself uh, to be a you know an ally with with the LGBTQ plus community, um, and you know, I I like I, I'm I'm in that camp because I'm, I'm I kind of believe in freedom, right? And I I kind of believe that to really be free. You have to have an ability to be you. And we live yep. in a world that's very hard to be you. And I hate the bigotry of the white supremacist groups. I also hate the conflict. I hate the impasse. Because I I, I would like to know what what is it about these people trying to be themselves that so uh, gets under your skin, that so conflicts with your worldview that you don't think they should exist. That's a problem. Yeah, that's my question. What to what end? What do you hope to do? Because the rhetoric, because the you know, they're not just the Proud Boys and, and the Patriot Prayer people, um, all of these white nationalist groups um they're targeting everyone they're tar they're they're standing outside of dsa meetings um with a megaphone screaming and taunting um they are you know going up to capitol hill pulling uh they're, they're rushing businesses they're screaming at people they are um menacing um lgbtq plus people they are um quite literally targeting any minority any marginalized community but i want to know what's the end game well and part of that is there's been a removal of an economic underpinning from from under the feet of let's be honest everybody over the last 30 years in this country and i hate to target groups but this oligarchic billionaire class crafted NAFTA. They crafted these World Trade Organization policies to put basically slave Chinese labor right in your backyard through Walmart. And now Amazon is taking Walmart's business practices and doing it on steroids. And they knew all these pre-existing racial animuses exist, which is why you talk about they They go after everybody. Why, why? Yeah, because these billionaires, they knew that these animuses exist. And now they're using these kind of pre, these kind of pre-existing racial animuses. Now that this economic footing has been removed as a political tool. I also want to say that there is a corollary, this uptick in um, hate crimes, 400 percent up 400 percent and that's just in seattle 
that doesn't count other areas, Middle America. There's a lot to unpack there. But when you look at the way that a lot of people, a lot of Americans are interacting, a lot of it happens online. So Twitter and Facebook, their lack of real traction on uh removing hate speech or dealing with hate speech and the how they have tried to mechanize it so that people get caught in a wider web is, it, frankly, it's criminal. As I, my job is to be an online community manager, communications person for video games. That can be one of the most toxic arenas on the internet. We, as community managers, have very strict rules about how to engage with our community. We don't want the hate speech. We actively work against it. But we've got Twitter and Facebook training people to be this way and to find ways to get around it because they are not paying people well. They're not investing the time and energy. They are not taking care of the people that are looking at these heinous bits of business and their auto kind of uh, moderation tools are catching everybody. It, it is the sloppiest, most... I think that we do not know the ultimate damage that this is doing to us culturally because we're not thinking about it. Now, maybe Facebook knows, much like cigarette companies knew that their product was killing people. This, to me, is the very same thing. They have the influence of several countries. They can really make a good impact or they can make a horribly negative impact. And I think they are really, they, they are being negligent and they are responsible for a lot of the way that people talk. And I believe the feeling of these folks who are, you know, I'm looking at this Chris Ponte, um, you know, he's got an Antifa hunting permit up open season on all 58 gender identities. It's like a hunting permit that you can just sort of print off and put, I guess, on your vehicle and then come out and beat people down. Um, this is outrageously unbelievable and there are people who will say and they've said it to me on facebook um oh it's both sides both sides need to be you know well don't confuse the the folks or the lgbtq plus people who are being menaced attacked how about trans women of color being killed in the highest number and it's both sides like go fuck yourself and I just want to be really clear. It's only one side that's lobbying for the ability to drive their cars through lines of protesters. It's only one side that's trying to find goodness in the hearts of proud boys. Ugh. It's only one side that's making excuses for racist action, belief and behavior. And it's I you know, I'm going to I'm a diehard leftist. And, you know, for all that lefties have our flaws, we're not the most we're not perfect either. At least we're trying to make as much space as possible for people to be who they are. Yep. Um, I think one thing that that comes to mind when we're uh, having this conversation and Bill, I think uh, when you were bringing up the, you know, how how um, Walmart basically brought Chinese slave labor to our backyards. Um, really, this is it's a class thing. It's a race thing. It's an everything thing um, that the Proud Boys are sort of both capitalizing on and simply participating in. Um, and it makes me think of a of a quote from uh, uh, President Lyndon Johnson who once said that if you can convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him something, give him somebody to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. Now, we've got we've got the Proud Boys, which are majority, if not entirely, white, male, straight. You've got, and they're they're looking down on everybody, but I'm not gonna lie, most of these people are probably not in the 
uh, in the upper class. They're probably not the ones who have the most money, but you know who does have the most money in this case? We're talking about we're talking about the the media people. We're talking about the CEOs. We're talking about we're talking about the ones who simply won't shy away from from the traffic that they're getting on on the internet or the articles that they can write, the advertising revenue that they can make. Uh, or they act, they actively tap into it and capitalize on this pain. People like Ben Shapiro uh, and 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 Sam Harris and their ilk are a, they just they're able to to kind of get to hone in on this this kind of hate and and pain and anger and just they give them these false rationales for it. One of the things I want to cover in this discussion is that there has so there's a website it's goingdown.org and it is a uh, Resource for Pacific Northwest uh, Antifa folks to gather and fight fascists. Um, do I agree with everything that Antifa does? I'm going to say no. Um, but basically, they are standing up against the white nationalist groups. Uh, on June 28th is the Trans Pride uh, March. It is a wonderful event. It is an event meant to celebrate, to support, and to show love to our trans community. Um, and they have essentially planned, uh, the Proud Boys have essentially planned a alternate march, and there has been a call to defend, basically they put out a casting call, like a sort of a, you know, a cattle call, if you will, uh, for folks to come and defend um, trans folks. Now that to me is both interesting, kind of beautiful, but very scary. And the reason I say that is because you have people who have been on the margins for so long and to step out into the world as their authentic self and to march down a city street to say, I don't care anymore. I want to be me. The idea that there's going to be this clash and the trans community is in the middle of that. And I know that the folks who are organizing the, the um, trans uh, pride parade are very cognizant and aware um, they're they're putting in measures and they've got some plans to handle security. But this is to me a microcosm of the larger cultural thing that's happening when you see that split and the schism. And again, here we are, we have people who are very, they're ardent supporters of the community. Then you have people who aren't for whatever reasons, and there could be a million of them. Um, and then in the middle, you have the marginalized people who are like, can I just march? Can I just be me for a minute without having it's it's unbelievable and it's happening everywhere. Um, well, I, I guess one thing that one thing that's coming to my mind as we're talking about this is um, thinking back to the origins of what, you know, pride is think about like why why june is pride month and it's it all goes back to 40 years ago the stonewall riots like 40 years ago this was a fight for gay rights and simply for gay representation and legal you know legal status as uh being a gay person and now we're back to having that fight and I want to say it, 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 you're very close. It is our 50th anniversary, but that's okay. No, no, no. That is okay. And I think you bring up- Canceled. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it is now canceled because- um, No, I, I think that that's allyship. That's what you said is the truth. And I think that it speaks well to the truth of things, which is there's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of hate and there are things that are bad. But there are also many people who are 
allies within the rainbow and without the rainbow that are absolutely 100% understanding the nature and the depth to which pride is important for the community, even though our community has conflicting thoughts on the, on the subject. And I think that that's, that's a beautiful thing and, and something that should be noted. And I just want to make a very clear point. So the reason it's so important that we show up as allies and, and help protect the trans pride rally that's coming up on the 28th here in Seattle, uh, the trans community has the highest suicide rate. They are the most marginalized, especially in particular trans people of color. And there were two that were killed in, in Maryland um, within a five day period. So um, in, in memory of Zoe Spears and Ashanti Carmen, uh, this is incredibly important stuff. And showing up to these showing up to these events is important, not just for the trans community as a whole, but particularly the most marginalized within the marginalized. Yep. All right. So that concludes our big news breakdown. We're only doing one topic today because we are going to be getting into something that has been uh, all across the news everywhere. We want to have a more more of an in-depth discussion about this. So it's kind of a big news breakdown piece, but it's also going to be the highlight of our discussion. We are going to be sitting down and talking with uh, Bill Troy and Adam about uh, AOC calling the um, immigration camps concentration camps. So I think this is really important and we're going to have a discussion with that. It's going to go about 30 minutes. We'll go right into our pal cleanser. So uh, AOC made a comment um, earlier about talking about how the the immigration camps are concentration camps. They're just modern concentration camps. And it kind of caused a division over the wrong thing. It caused a division over the language she was using instead of what's actually happening. Um, but this is this is incredibly important. This all kind of ties together with how we're how we're treating people with different skin colors, how we're treating people who speak with an accent, how we're treating people who look different from us or who live different lives from us. And quite frankly, you know what? I've been very loud about this on Twitter and I'll be loud about this here. I think she used the term exactly correctly. You're concentrating people who share similar ethnic qualities and putting them in a camp. That is a concentration camp. And we still in the U.S. have a problem talking about concentration camps because we don't want to call the Japanese, quote unquote, internment camps what they were, which was modernized American concentration camps. Um, there's there's also a false equivalency between concentration camps and death camps. Uh, this is so those of you listening in, um, I am. Jewish for a lot of my friend groups I have been the token Jew um just and here in Seattle I'm that's pretty common um and you know there were there were concentration camps there were also death camps now there was overlap between the two but long before the uh, Nazis had the final solution of putting uh putting the undesirables Jews gays uh disabled uh sending them to the gas chambers to their death before that they just lumped them all in the same place they it was it was like the ghetto of ghettos um and so they took all of those people and they just put them in buildings and uh really i mean really really horrible conditions so if you ever go and visit one of these you know uh one of the historical concentration camps in Germany and Eastern Europe, you'll see it. But also, if you go down to the border, you see very similar. You're not you're not seeing uh, undocumented immigrants uh, being sent to gas chambers. What you are seeing is children being put into into buildings, like being clustered together. You're seeing you're seeing families being ripped apart and uh, people identified not by name but by number. That's no different than than what we saw seventy years ago. A lot of and just to, just so there's an understanding kind of out in the ether, which it kind of priority is. But uh, this kind of goes for everybody. Uh, we're kind of, you know, it's becoming more and more accepted that we're kind of in this era of political realignment. 
we know that we live in this era of tyranny uh, across the world right now, and there's a lot of big political changes going on. Uh, I just think everybody should take stock that we'll all get through this. Hopefully, rule of law will be strengthened through this process. And for everybody at these agencies, for everyone in the military, for Elliot Abrams and John Bolton, and maybe people prior, future Congresses might prosecute you for things you do now. You may be prosecuted for your war crimes. So you like I would just say everybody should tread carefully. Absolutely. Especially when we talk about things like um, uh, the attorney for uh, the Trump administration, uh, Fabian, um, Sarah Fabian, arguing that because so, you know, there was a settlement um, and it was the Flores. Um, yeah. So that basically we are responsible to provide what is it safe and sanitary conditions but she was quibbling about the notion of soap, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, in addition, um, saying sleep, not necessarily uh, a requirement. And to watch her try to equivocate, to try to make that argument is one of the most nauseating. She even smiled a little bit during she knew that she was being awful. Uh, I do wonder how she sleeps. And when we talk about this, you know, there have been six, six children that have died in these camps and the conditions are squalid they are horrible these are people that our country is treating like throwaway garbage and so i've i've seen some people who are on twitter talking about this and they're like well they're people who are here voluntarily listen it doesn't matter if you're here voluntarily or involuntarily it doesn't matter it does not matter the conditions you put people in cannot be subhuman conditions that does not make us the superior nation because we're able to do that and i just need to make a very very clear salient point it is not illegal to come to this country and seek asylum it is not illegal it is part of our constitution it is spelled out in our bill of rights it is spelled out in our legal documents they are not committing a crime they are coming here completely legally and we are treating them like they are less than garbage. We give animals that live in kennels better living conditions than we do human people and children and families that are coming in at the border doing something completely legally. Yeah. And just to, just to kind of buttress that a little bit, it might be a good time for U.S. policymakers to really think deeply about the damage that our policies have done in South America. Uh, a lot of like I think Hillary Clinton helped orchestrate a coup in Honduras. We see what's going on in Venezuela where our sanctions are hastening, a, 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 you know, a, an economic uh, a turmoil there uh, that is going to create refugees from that economy. There have been people, I think, fleeing Venezuela for quite some time. So I'm not saying that it's in the U.S. interest to have a, you know, global power in south america it's definitely in our interest for them to have uh to, for us not to use our might to just willy-nilly undermine their governments well i mean the concept of the banana republic is coming straight from that 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 um the united states orchestrated coups in central america to support dole and chiquita banana um way back in the 60s and 70s uh, an article came out uh, just the other day claiming that uh, the United States is now in full-fledged banana republic mode because of the nepotism and the cronyism 
uh, as evidenced by, is it Elaine Chow, who's uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, and the Secretary of Transportation getting like, I think it was like $85 million or something. Some some stupid amount of grant money for no reason. What's the difference between Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and Donald Trump? Well, Bill Clinton and Barack Obama waited till they were out of office to cash in on the presidency in a corrupt manner. Donald Trump is just making his money in office. <laughs> and I mean, this is I, I love that you brought up the term banana republic because I just this is just a thing that sits at the back of my head. What kind of wild dystopia where we also have a high end clothing line called Banana Republic at the same goddamn time? Right. Where where those clothes are made in, guess what? Banana Republics. Hey. <laughs> and, just one, and just one more point. Um what I'm what I don't think any of us are saying is that the US is the sole cause of all these issues. But man, we've had a heavy hand. We did help. <laughs> so um there is a candidate for uh city Seattle City Council, uh Sergio Garcia. Um he's uh, running in uh District Six. He's the man with the big mustache. He has a very large mustache. He looks uh, like he drinks lots of artisanal coffee with oat milk. I'm here for it. He is a very handsome friendly smart gent um and with a uh, mustache like that he's got to be right exactly <laughs> and of course he's from ballard with a big old mustache like of that course. and uh, but, only paleo yes and so we're gonna we're gonna uh, talk with sergio um we, we've uh, been kind of reaching out to the campaign they're great they're organized they're friendly they are accessible it is wonderful to see uh he posted to facebook a message he received um it says oh he says breaking news I was born in the U.S. Stay classy, y'all. Hashtag stay classy. And the message goes like this from the person who has been they have an American flag as their as their uh, Facebook um, uh, profile pic, which isn't surprising given what they had to say. So are you a legal immigrant or not? Are you a naturalized American citizen? Uh, the response, hey, Ed, I was born in the U.S. Um, were your parents legal immigrants and or naturalized? Yes and yes. And Ed's response, thanks a bunch. I, for one, feel better. Good luck with your campaign. What? <laughs> but this this kind of fear-mongering that we've seen on outlets like Fox News and this kind these kinds of conversations, they're happening in progressive Seattle. I'm using air quotes. But this is the kind of stuff that's sitting in all these communities because people are buying into those tropes, which is when, when they see all these communities and these people coming for asylum that are being rounded up and put into these concentration camps to hear that equivalency being made while they attribute it to the, oh, the, the atrocity of the, of the Holocaust, it, it really c provokes that gut reaction because they don't want that to be true. They just want their hate to be realized. Well, we have to remember that Seattle, um, first off, Seattle is a blue bubble in a red state. And even even more to the point, up until about 20 years ago, Seattle was not this bastion of progressivism that, that we claim to be now. And honestly, even right now, Seattle is not much of a bastion of progressivism. We make it look like we are, but there is as much nimbyism as there is progressivism. We love we we love our Muslim neighbors as long as they're not our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Is is what happens an awful lot. Living in South Seattle, I get I you know people. First off, my friends often sort of poke fun at me for living in living south of I ninety. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I live in a more diverse community than than the people who live up in Madison Park or live by Green Lake um, because, you know, we do love our Muslim neighbors or our Latino neighbors. And when I go out and I like talk to them and we have neighborhood events, for example, 
Um, there's a like neighborhood market that's going on in Beacon Hill as we are speaking right now. Um, uh, there is there is a vibrant multicultural community here that's accepting, um, and it's not it's not only words. Um, we just have to remember that that up until about twenty years ago, Seattle and the Pacific, much of the Pacific Northwest, was a hotbed of this same white nationalism that we are sitting here critiquing right now. Um, we have one of the largest detention centers um, here in like. Washington State has one of the largest detention facilities in the country. Um, the The Japanese community was, you know, was wrecked uh, in the '40s when we put them. They were put in concentration camps, not internment camps, concentration camps. So we are not uh, as 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 Seattle, as Puget Sound area, as uh, the Pacific Northwest. It's a pretty recent. Uh, uh, development for us to be uh, for us to be this bastion of progressivism and we can't forget our history yeah absolutely and and the thing about this and, and my comment sort of relates to that there's a lot of what happens around the nimbyism and the and the outright racism that happens kind of under the scene here in in Seattle people who are very polite to your face but then will vote for measures or, or, you know, engage in politics that are very clearly divisive. Like they're meant to divide. They're meant to target. Um, I think a lot about the reaction to homelessness and I think a lot about reaction to the hate crime news and all of that. Um, I have a question for everybody. Um, when we look at this stuff, are people emboldened because of the current political climate? Are we seeing... A, a great uprising against um, the calls for diversity that we all kind of fooled ourselves into thinking was sticking, was, a, you know, you could be safe as a person or or is it related to Trump or is this a sliver working its way out of the, you know, the fabric of our society? Like, are we seeing is this the last gasp or is it an uprising? So I just have to be honest with you. I think that this is going to be a conversation that will just have to play out over time. Uh, there's this guy, Corey Robin, who's got a book coming out about Clarence Thomas called The Enigma of Clarence Thomas. And he just wrote on this recent uh, opinion. And he kind of he says, according to Robin, he says Thomas's big take home point is this. The more fundamental problem is the Batson challenge itself, which is just a legal challenge. He says, I would I would return to our pre-Batson understanding that race matters in the courtroom and thereby return to litigants one of the most important tools to combat uh, prejudice in their cases. So I think what Ro I don't know how Robin's going to take this, you know, take Thomas's work or anything, but I think he he has publicly said that Thomas he views Thomas as you know, someone who believes that this type of these deep racial biases are uh, just un it's an impasse that can it may never be able to be uh, jumped over. I can tell you my personal experience. I don't believe that, but I have a different perspective on life than Clarence Thomas. Right. So I, it's my 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 position as of j j today in 2019, extremely complicated question. Uh, I honestly, I look forward to answering it 
Be- because I think that we're, I think we can all discover quite a bit about ourselves as individuals and people uh, through 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 a ne- kind of a never ending dialogue. So my answer to that question is, um, I think that it is. I think it is a dying ideology. Um, dying doesn't mean gone. And I don't think we're going to see it disappear in our generation, but I think maybe in two or three we'll see it vanish. Um, but it's just because there's this there's this idea of that there's the way that economics ties into it as well, right? Right. So there's the economic tie-in of all this, like uh, when when Reagan switched over the all of his posters about poverty from um, from from black communities to white communities. He started using like white iconography to talk about poverty. And then Mm. you had the left emerge and they started talking about like marginalized communities that are deeply impoverished and redlined. And they're like, no, there is a disproportionate effect here. You have these these white dudes who are also poor and broke, but they don't understand that it's not for for black communities. It's not just poor and broke. It's poor and broke and stigmatized and shut out and segregated and acts of violence committed against and incarcerated. It's so much more than that. But they've we've we had this culture pop up during our parents' generation, the baby boomer generation of, for lack of a better definition of it, the fuck you got mine. And yep. the millennial generation, Gen Z, as much as people think that we are, we want all of our participation trophies, um, what we want is we want equity for our neighbors. And I've seen so many more of my millennial friends and my Gen Z friends willing to step aside and step back and let these marginalized communities step forward and take the lead on a lot of things. And I think it's, we're seeing the beginning of the end of it. Um, this this idea that that your skin color determines your value is really dying and people around us are realizing it's not we don't have to fight each other based on skin color. Let's fight the dudes at the top based on economics. And it's taking a stronger hold in these new generations. So I don't think we're going to be fortunate enough to see the end of it. But I think this is one of those dying gasps of it, especially here in Seattle. Uh, for for people that don't know the term NIMBY, N-I-M-B-Y means not in my backyard. Uh, so it's usually when you see the, the pearl clutching liberal white women who are like, I want to stop homelessness in my street. And my neighborhood and their version of stopping homelessness is like they're choosing homelessness. Put tinier benches. That's that's NIMBY bullshit. (laughs) Spikes on the ground. Yeah, right. And, And and just as a general vision forward, like NIMBYs and cars as symbols of freedom need to be a thing of the past. It's all of our backyard, y'all. It's (laughs) and it's it's environmentally unsustainable. Troy, I feel like I should probably be answering your question too. I want you to. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you, He's you staring me down. Yeah, like, you shut up, be other up. white people. Okay. Um, so, okay, can you just can we go back and can we? Yeah, let me let me uh, let me uh, frame it. Um, I want to know just from the people around this table, given how connected we are to kind of local activism and connected to uh, communities and and uh, and really in the fight in the conversation, are we seeing? A rise in the hate crimes, a rise in um, rhetoric talking about hate and and violence, threatening people. Are we seeing that as a result of this being the last? Are we looking at a caged animal, you know, who is fighting for their you know very survival, um, and it's the last gasp? Or are we really seeing? Like, this is where we're headed. Are we going? I, you, you gave me a book. <laughs> like, are we, what was the, the it's the German, uh, the history of uh, German um, activism? What was it? Uh, oh, it, re- it, was, it was just a revolution, Re- counter revolution in Germany from 1918 ish to 1930. So I bring it up because I'm wondering is this, are we seeing this as a counter revolution? Like, is this going, are we going fascist? <laughs> is this, how, are we, or is this the last gasp? Are we fighting something? I think it's neither. 
lay it I, on me. I think that I think that um, the this isn't the end. This isn't the beginning. I think that we're actually we're actually experiencing the same fights, the same arguments we always have. It's just changing forms. Um, and and there's we always talk. You know the rhetoric around never again, never forget. Uh, those who and all of the famous quotes. Those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Um, even if we study history, then we then we sort of fillet ourselves and think that uh, we are we're okay because we've studied history. And the fact of the matter the fact of the matter is we're just we're just patting ourselves on the back and thinking that now it's all right, so we can go and have this other disagreement. And I agree with you one hundred percent. I do want to call attention to a very important part of your statement. You said fillet, as in yeah, not not fillet. Right. Good. I don't know. I just want to make sure everyone yes. knows that because <laughs> yeah. I want to underscore that. And I think it is something that we do on the left as well, that we really fall prey to. I'm so woke. I'm doing this stuff. Oh, and, right. and I, I want to take a little further just so you we understand. He means blow yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. Well, I stopped short. I just wanted to be sure that people understood what fillet you, meant. You can you can delete that if you want later, but I just want a fillet o fish. <laughs> Don't do I? Um, but no, so, I, what you said is is critical, and I think it's real. And I think um, it, it is more to what I believe that this is just an evolution of the fight that will always be there, and that will always be responsible because with new technology, with new social more, you know, we will have new problems to solve and this is one of them and that's part of like what i i think we're we're trying to talk about is we're getting better at fighting it we're getting better so we're never going to win because american history is is steeped and dripping in racism and segregationist policies and and racial policies and oppression of other people we always america is a country that constantly needs to be oppressing another group of people at all times to feel superior about ourselves but i think we're we're honing that our our tools a little better we're honing our policies a little better we're honing the the minds of kids that are coming next a little bit better than we used to be um, now we're seeing teenagers that are standing up and fighting back not tolerating racism on the internet not tolerating sexism on the internet uh, participating in in consent discussions. This is a lot is changing, but you're right. The fight will never be over because the racism to be to ex exist with this crisis of racism is to be in America. Right, and and I mean the fact of the matter is these fights are happening, and people are people will always try to other somebody. The question is just who are we going to other, and what is the way that we're going to do it today? Also perhaps an aspect of history or we're studying the right aspect of history but in the wrong way um something this came up earlier in our like pre-recording session discussion um everything gets likened to the holocaust every atrocity every every um every injustice somehow gets likened to the holocaust and in so many ways that serves to minimize what is going on today the fact of the matter is there have been atrocities throughout history that were not the Holocaust, that were not uh, that were that were perpetrated against other people, other uh, other groups of people in um, large numbers, in small numbers. And by only focusing on one event that happened 70 years ago, um, sure, we need to never forget that that happened. We also need to stop likening every little thing to to that, because then we're just saying, oh, well, it's not as bad as that. Oh, it's not it. You know, it could be worse. So therefore, we don't need to treat it. 
Such a good point. And it builds complacency. What you're talking about builds complacency in a population. One of the phrases that I love and I've grown to use all the time is we, we talk about like, oh, it could be worse. It's not as bad as the Holocaust. So therefore, it's not that bad. But one of the phrases I heard a long time ago that stuck with me is whether it's seven feet of water or 20 feet of water, you're still drowning. and You're still dead. Yeah. But I mean, that's so I think as a table, we largely concede. Yeah, we agree with AOC's description of uh, these camps as concentration camps. Keep them coming. Yeah. And I mean, this is a fight and a discussion that we're never going to be done having. This is a fight and a discussion that's never going to go away. To clarify, Bill, you're saying keep the, the uh, oh, shit. analogy coming. <laughs> no, no, yeah, shit. Hold on. No, no. Hey. Oh, my God. OK, fucking cut that. OK. So no, because that's great. Yeah. No, what, what, what I'm saying is. I'll, I'll, I'll say like I said earlier. I'll, I'll, just I'll, rubbing his face. I'll, I'll quote Norman Finkelstein, who was on Jeremy Scahill's Intercepted not too long ago, and he says that you know he was quoting Confucius, and he says kind of the first step towards wisdom is calling by things by their first name, or the first step towards wisdom is calling things by their proper name. So let's start calling everything by its proper name. And then we can have a proper discussion about a proper solution to a proper problem. Totally so agree. You agree that there, we just want to be clear. You agree. Shut the concentration camps down. Thank you, sir. <laughs> this leads us into our, uh, our next section where we're going to be sitting with Adam and So in light of that conversation about uh, the AOC and the concentration camp, I think we need a break. I think we need a palate cleanser because politics is hard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Agreed. So uh, we are going to be sitting. It's me, Troy, Corn, Bill, and Adam with Jay producing again. We're uh, sitting around playing a game called Bean Boozled. <laughs> and Corn brought this uh, disastrous nightmare fuel into our lives. So what this is, is this is put forward by Jelly Belly, and it is a little spinner. We are going to post a picture on the Instagram, so go follow at Sarah Smith, for the number four, then WA. On Instagram, you'll see a picture of it. Uh, it is a little spinner where you flick it, and then it lands on a color of jelly bean, and there's uh, there's a couple of colors. What is it? Two, four, six, eight. There's 10 colors, but there's 20 flavors. Yeah. Because here's the catch. So each color could be either a good delicious jelly bean or dirty dishwater flavor jelly beans. Uh, uh, it's dirty dishwasher, barf, stinky socks, barf. spoiled milk, stink bag, or stink bag, whatever that means. Stink bag? Yep. Stink, stink, stink bug. Stink bug. Yeah. Oh. bag. I wear glasses <laughs> stink and I'm, bag. I had a long night. Uh, <laughs> I want the spoiled milk one. That's Isn't oh. that just cheese flavor? <laughs> oh. Yes, French cheese flavor. French cheese flavor, yes, as you do. Uh, there's canned dog food, rotten eggs, boogers, dead fish, and toothpaste. Hold on, is boogers bad? I, it, <laughs> it, depends on, it depends on who you ask. Wait, Bill, Bill also asked if stink bag was bad. <laughs> Wait, why would anybody... Play this game. Why would you want to Why would you want to eat a live fish? I Yeah. That's Every, called sushi, Adam. No, it's still dead. <laughs> depends on how fresh. <laughs> Is so, there like an octopus one that you never mind? Yep. Make me yeah, sad. Yeah. Don't want to don't think about oh, it. So <laughs> what we're gonna do is I'm gonna spin the spinner. And so if it lands on blue, for example, all of us will get a blue jelly bean. Some of us will get a good one, some of us will get a bad one. We don't know who. 
Um, so good luck, everybody. So we're gonna well, so do, do. We do it on three. We're doing. We're only doing three, three. We're doing three rounds of this because I think that's about the amount of risk that all of us want to take on in our lives. Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and so corn is going to when we all get a jelly bean. Corn is going to read off the possible flavors it could be, and then we're just gonna like one, two, three, eat it. And I've got a glass of rum to rush down because I've got two I... cups of coffee for some reason. <laughs> cool. I gotta love with you. I feel like alcohol is the only way that I'm gonna get through this. So <laughs> I'm scared. Same, same. I'll borrow some of I'll borrow some of yours if need be. That is totally fine. It's a communal cup of alcohol. <laughs> Thank uh, you. All right. So oh god. You ready all for right. this? No. Let's just do it. Okay. <laughs> let's do this. Okay. Uh, describe what you're doing. Can someone make candy. a wheel noise? Yeah, later? sure. Oh, Sound yeah. effects lady. Thank you. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Okay, we got strawberry banana smoothie or dead fish. Oh, no. <laughs> I did not want. Okay, Give me my inevitable see. dead fish. How many do we need? Five? Uh, those yeah. look like two different colors. Yeah, yeah Which corn. one is? It's, it's like the, the clearish, clearish one. Yeah. Oh, it's the, so it's this one. Yeah. Okay. I hope. Speckled. You know, know what? At this stage, does it really It's matter? either that or it's the peach or barf one. Well, oh. so we're either, either going to get one of three okay. different okay. things. Is there, a, is there a rule on like how many times you have to chew? I mean, because- I mean, I what do you do? Spit good, it out? No, three you good cannot. <laughs> you got to give it three good chops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay. jelly beans are scentless. I just tried. So oh. good luck. <laughs> Damn. Rude. Rude. All right. Okay. Oh, I don't think mm. mine is not very Smells sensuous. like teen spirit. <laughs> All right. Okay. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, I got peach. I got vomit. Can I have that? Can I have that? It tastes the same going down and coming back up. <laughs> it's stuck in my teeth. I got something that... I got some taste. Oh, that's oh, yeah, see, right? Kill it, kill it. Ravioli. Oh, oh, that's that's probably puke. Yeah. You, you got vomit. Ravioli. Oh god. <laughs> oh, the rum doesn't help. No, I mean it does help in the way that it kills for like a minute. <laughs> but I, it's stuck in my teeth. Oh, that's no, I'm I, having the same problem. Am I the only one that didn't get gross? I didn't. Okay. Either. Okay. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the that we're up next. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Oh, that was okay. disgusting. This might, this might not be enough rum. No, Homer's <laughs> eating it. No, <laughs> Homer. Oh, I don't want those dirty socks. Oh. Oh. Our office, our studio dog, Oops. Homer, is uh, helping clean up the fallout. Oh, okay, gosh. guys, we got toasted marshmallow or stink bug or stink bag. <laughs> stink bag. Stink bag. Okay. I, want, so I like stink bag one. better. I want a bag of stink bugs. <laughs> yes, okay. that would be a stink bag. That would be bag, a stinky yeah. bag. I feel like stink bag is just trash, but uh... like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I have some three. thoughts on what it could be. Oh, no. Do we only have three of this one? Oh, no, I'm out. We can just That's pick two randoms. <laughs> just pick two random uh, ones if you want, Corey. Yeah, let's do some greens. Ooh. Who wants a green? Who wants a... What's the green? The green is either juicy pear or booger. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Troy are doing... If I How get about booger? you guys Bill do and first? Troy's excellent go? adventure. Okay. Ready, set, go. Juicy pear. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, did you get a booger? Again. No, I think I can do boogers. <laughs> no. He's, he's tasting these like they're fine it's like cuisine. It's fine. Like what? Hmm. <laughs> I'm a foodie. <laughs> Poor Bill. 
Bill's uh, getting wrecked. Okay, you guys ready? <laughs> oh, so God. this is toasted what? marshmallow or stink bug bag. I hate oh, both yeah. of these. So. Okay, one, two, three. Oh, marshmallows. I got marshmallow. Thank God. You would know really quickly if it was marshmallow. Okay. Oh, oh you got it. Okay. I got a marshmallow. Wow. So they didn't give us any of the. Oh, that's I'm giant. Shouted into the microphone. It's okay. Wait, you know, you. you feel like your comp. Your. Com- I don't like the taste of marshmallow. Competitive though, side so. comes out. <laughs> Taking the room anyway. This is a this is a celebratory shot. Yes. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good Woo. for us. So glad Oops. that was. We've had a weird amount of marshmallows on this podcast. Oh, we already did that yeah. one. Okay, we're gonna do chocolate pudding or canned dog food. Oh, yeah. good dog. Oh, good dog. <laughs> oh my dog. Oh, and there okay. are five of them. Yes, there are. Probably. Oh, we're so lucky. I don't oh know God. <laughs> it's your yeah, last one. Bill. Bill's got all bad ones. ones. Bill is just getting wrecked. <laughs> all right. Okay. One, all right. two, two, three. three. <laughs> oh, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> I got chocolate pudding. Tastes like chocolate. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. Thank you. That was like dog food. Oh, I got good go every figure. single time. Too good. That was too good of a flavor. That 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 was. I mean, it tastes like dog food. Smells. <laughs> yeah. Or, or like a beef bu- like a beef bouillon. <laughs> I think I'm oh, turning God. into a dog. It tasted so much. Just that was like dog food. I think we should give Bill an extra oh, one because I, he's 0 yeah. for 3. I need to check yeah. in there. But Jake oh, might be 0 for 4. That's the only thing. I, guess I don't know if I can handle any more of this. <laughs> I, I have Did you okay. every single one you had was bad? I have had boogers, <laughs> dog food, and puke. And puke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all of mine have been good. I've had peach. I've had I, I uh, marshmallow, yeah, and I've had chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll taste it'll taste the same way on the way up oh, that it did God. going down. That was so bad. That was the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. And I yeah. ate the birthday cake ham pie. Bill, yeah. I'm gonna need you to turn around. There's a bottle of terrible vodka. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Mannion for this one. Could yeah, you Ellen. could you hand me that bottle real quick? I just gotta borrow it. Oh. <laughs> my stomach is not liking me now. No, I've got like oh juicy God. peach no. dog food. No. <laughs> it's just the vomit flavor that's still Oh there. I God, well. You know what? I will take the dry erase marker vodka. That is what I, I can do. hear it. I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> the smell of the canned dog food. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's like are you, lingering. Are you ready for another smelly one? It's yeah. going to be uh, Tootie Fruity or Stinky Socks. Are you ready? Tootie Fruity or Anus. So, okay. <laughs> we, we only, you guys only had to do three. So, who wants to participate? Anyone? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right? Yellow. Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Are you going to do it or no? Uh, You're over it. I'm a, well, I yeah. could do it. I have Why a not? feeling. Okay. I have a feeling. So it's what? Can't no, sock, sparks or sock. socks? It's socks Both. or tootie Does fruity. Oh, yeah. tootie fruity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a no win situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. You're okay. Lose them out. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> tootie fruity. I got tootie fruity. Mm. I, did not. I have really good luck. <laughs> I thought I had tootie fruity. No. I can't tell. I help. think they messed up my recipe Please. like I both. Please help, help me. I was... Oh, no. Don't throw up on camera, bro. I almost threw up on the dog. That was so bad. That was so bad. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I what? can't. One more. Come on. Uh, Let's no. Come on. No, come on. 
You okay. can probably we can play this. Oh, game. that was horrible. Ugh. That was the worst. This is the worst vodka you'll ever drink, but you're welcome. Okay. That's still no better. Um, we're doing Two coconut. Markers, I'll take it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do see. it. Oh, man. Let's do we're it. We're doing a post-apocalyptic uh, scenario. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Me and me and Jay are still in. Oh, I gotta be out. I have. Did you I have only you only gotten, gotten one delicious one? ones? Yeah. I've only got good ones. So take I've, me to Vegas, right? Cool. Like yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. I got one yeah. bad one, but my one bad one was dog food. Yeah. Um, you're out. Dog food was the worst one. That was unfairly gross. Unfairly disgusting. No, no. The socks yeah. are <laughs> awful. Was, They're awful. Was yours like a little sweet too? Yes. Yeah. So it was. It was sweet. It was sweet. But then you knew that something was off. Yeah. Well, it was not right. I was wondering, like, how do you flavor a dirty sock? Like, at least dog food or puke. Like, I'll there's smell. a. You know yeah. what yeah. that tastes like. But yeah, it tasted like a. It tasted like a jelly bean. But then it smelled like. My gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Coincidentally, that's my kink. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Kink oh. Mm. We're sex positive. <laughs> oh no. Right, okay. Horrible. So this one we're gonna it's coconut or spoiled milk. Oh gross. Me and me and Jay are in. Corn. Let's leave dangerous. Let's switch. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. oh shit. Do you oh, wanna no. do this one, Adam, or no? Yolo. Yeah, I oh, knew it. Oh fuck it. Uh oh, oh no. Um, okay. One, I can't two, do three. <laughs> Coconut. Coconut. Corn. No. Oh no. Just keep going. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's you're like, why is it? What does mine taste God. like? Dog hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're all dog food. Like they're all dog hair. Yes. How do you keep getting good ones, Corn? I don't know. Every single one has been fine. My uh, eyes and my or maybe nose I just like the, the taste of spoiled milk <laughs> and dog food. It's cheese. Yeah, yeah ta- like how cilantro tastes like soap. Spoiled milk okay. tastes like coconut. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does for me. Oh. Like it depends. Oh. Like it's sometimes it's gold. Sometimes it's white. This is making me very excited for real dinner. I, yeah, right. We already did strawberry, so let's do the mm. blue toothpaste. one. It's berry blue or toothpaste. Hey, that could be worse. <laughs> I know, right? Like I'm, I'm into this one because I need, I need a literal palate to be cleansed. Yeah, with toothpaste. I kind of want toothpaste right now. Okay, yeah, me too. ready? <laughs> one, two, three. Oh, I got blue raspberry. Mm-hmm. I got blue raspberry. I'm fine with toothpaste. Mm. Well, thank you. Who got toothpaste? She did. Oh, okay. I'm cool. fine with it. I'm like, after a dog yeah. food, I'm good. I will say that even the good ones don't taste that good. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're not great. Yeah. I like blue raspberry. I thought it was good. Yeah. Okay. Um, The only one we haven't done, I'm pretty sure. Oh, we have birthday cake or dirty dishwasher or I'm, dishwater. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. 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 You, yeah have to do, you all have to do that. I did this for intentionally to get the toothpaste one to like get the dog food out of my mouth. And like mint is fine for me. <laughs> You, it's no you different than a breath, mate, breath mint. Oh, you know I'm in. Come Any, on, Corn. Anybody else in? No. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. <coughs> That's dishwater. Oh! Uh, yeah! <laughs> finally! Yeah. Yes! Mm. Finally! Mm. <laughs> I feel like I'm chewing on like a... A dish uh, pod, mm. yeah. Oh. What, like a, dir- a dirty pod. dish pod, yeah. <laughs> it smells like dirty dishes. That's it tastes disgusting. like disgusting. Uh. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's like a dirty soap taste. Oh mm. god, that is terrible. Oh. <laughs> Yum. Oh my well, god. I got it, you guys. Finally, and I yeah. love that we all celebrated corn getting a bad one. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just want to note. That there's actually an app for Bean Boozled. Oh. And it's available on both the Play Store and on the App Store. And thank God. This is not a promoted 
no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> send, us, yeah. send us more jelly beans. Yeah. I'm going to, I just want to say something. So what they do, they actually really work on these flavors in that they age an actual sock in a plastic bag for a few what? weeks. Are you kidding me? Is they this a joke? Put it in a, no, I'm not. They put it in a uh, uh, chromatograph. They generate the data of socks flavor makeup. And then they create the flavor using the data. So they That's amazing. They literally wow. are using That is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. This I is don't, great. I do not want that job. <laughs> I, I do. I want to work for Jelly Belly now. Yeah. It makes me, me actually Belly. more nauseous. <laughs> yeah. It makes it worse. Who does this? Candace? I have a great yeah. question that yeah. I I think I'm teaching my kids to do this now. Yeah, I have right? a question that I think needs answering. Whose socks were they? That's a good. <laughs> qu- we'll have to reach out to their PR person who who talked about that. But um, yeah, no, they've mm. they've definitely. There's a very interesting <sighs> breakdown on uh, on the web, and we'll we'll post it and share. It's wow. I this bet, is wild. I bet it was Sakil O'Neill's. Oh. 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 Pun <laughs> champion, or uh, are are you the pun champion? Did you play? I was a quarter finalist. Quarter oh. finalist. What does that mean? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. But I don't think people know what we're talking about. Oh, okay. So actually, um, I am a. I competed this year at the O. Henry Punoff World Championships, which is an annual uh, competition at, down in Austin, Texas, where you get the best and the brightest and the luckiest to get drawn out of the lottery. Um, brightest to go. Listen, <laughs> it's a relative term. Fair, fair. Uh, to go and compete and make the best puns. There's a head-to-head competition. There's a pre-written portion. Um, and there are two very different contests. This year, I think they drew... I think, on on average, they draw like 800 people to come see it every year. Wow. That travel on their own dime to come to this pun-off. And what uh, do you get? So um, so it's like... Uh, it's about 50 competitors. The, uh, the prize is really just a trophy and automatic entry to the following year. Um, but people come from across the world really to come see the the competition. It's mostly an Austin, Texas thing. Um, so a lot of the competitors come from Austin or from elsewhere in Texas. Uh, but people are like literally coming from around the globe um, to compete. I think a few years back, somebody came from London. A few years before that, someone came from Australia. Um, and there wow. Was, yeah. That's great. Man, this was an educational and disgusting podcast at the same time. We learned stuff and got grossed out. Bill Ryan, R.I.P. Death (laughs) by jelly beans. (laughs) Autopsy results, jelly belly. And on that note, that concludes this episode of the Better Left Podcast. And I'm going to give a big old shout out and our call to action for the podcast. So at the end of every podcast, we always ask people to go do something. So go do something. Don't just listen to the podcast. Don't just like and share. Don't just go tweet at us on on Twitter. Uh, Follow us, obviously, at Better Leftcast. But... Um, get out and do something. And so right now in Seattle, we specifically have the chance to do something. To, we can go to Seattle GND, Seattle GND, that's golfnovemberdelta.org. And you can sign the petition that's going to push uh, Jenny Durkin to adopt a Green New Deal for Seattle. Yeah. They also have a list of actions you can do. Uh, Sunrise Movement Washington has a bunch of actions coming up. Um, there is a number of stuff going on for us to be able to participate in to fight for the Green New Deal. And so if you're not in Seattle and you're not in Washington, I guarantee you, you have a Sunrise Movement chapter in your state. Go find them. Find out what they're doing. Join up with them. And if you don't have one, start one. 
you can be the change you wish to see in the world. And uh, next week on our next podcast, we are going to be having Adam is uh, returning to discuss religion in politics and how it shapes politics with another woman who is a neighbor of Troy's, Joanne. Yeah. She's fantastic. And then Jay sits down and joins us as well. And we talk a little bit about religion and the left and, and the history of it and how it affected people's growing up who are now diehard disgusting leftists. So <laughs> for this episode, we believe that everything is better left to Adam. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You guys have a good one. And don't forget, support Sunrise Movement, support the Green New Deal. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. No. No. I'm, I am my stomach. Thank you.